Hello, I'm David Adams, and this is Retire While You Work. Thanks for listening, as always. On these episodes, we discuss the importance of experiences and memories over things and stuff, and we challenge the broken concept of retirement in this country. And as a wealth manager for going on 20 years, I've literally seen thousands of financial plans and situations and love to help people figure out the right balance between spending their time and money. So here we go. Alrighty, hello. I want to talk today about five basic concepts of retiring while you work. So this retire while you work philosophy of mine um, isn't a new thing. If you've met with me as a client or read my book, The Currency of Time, this is something that I love to speak about uh, day in and day out. And I've done quite a bit with book clubs and just around the country and um, very, very near and dear to my heart. So I'll say after years of working with experts and coupled with my own experiences and those of my clients, I've discovered these five basic concepts that support the retire while you work mindset. Now, practicing these five concepts you know, will hopefully help get you in the right mindset to find the work-life balance you crave, take your time, find what works for you, and to start living your life today. So let's take a look and unpackage that. Number one um, is you don't need to love your job to love your life. Now, there's this dangerous mindset today that we're not doing life right if we're not doing meaningful work. And people are waiting around for the perfect job or taking a job only if it's what they're most passionate about. And working towards your passion, of course, is a great goal. And in a perfect world, we'd all be making money by following our dreams. But that's just not always a reality. Don't get me wrong. All of us should strive to do what we love or at least make progress towards the goal. But until then, we can learn to adjust our mindset. Now, when you're in a job you don't love, remember that your job doesn't define you. And how you do your job can. Okay, so remember that. How you do your job can. So to engage in a retire while you work mindset, frame your work in a meaningful way instead of constantly searching for meaningful work. So even if you're not passionate about your job, you can be passionate about how you do your job. So taking pride in what you do can immediately increase your enjoyment and satisfaction while you're at the office, right? So you also can be passionate about how your work provides for other aspects of your life. Appreciate every dollar that comes in and use it to enjoy your life. For instance, save up your hard-earned cash to do things like take vacations, pay off your mortgage, or even save for your kid's college education. Try to think of your job as a means to an end. What I mean by that is if you have something that you're passionate about, use your job as a fundraiser for your dreams. I love that saying. I think I just came up with that. Um, Invest in a a side hustle that you're excited to do in the weekends or pay off all your debts and your mortgage with your current job so you can transition to another job that may not come with as hefty of a paycheck later on in life and relieve some of the financial pressure today so you can take a stab at that dream tomorrow. Try to stop worrying about finding that perfect love everything about a job. Instead, make the job you have today work for you now. It's possible. I've seen many people get to this place just by changing their mindset and reframing what their job represents. And guess what? Most clients I've seen um, end up finding the path to that dream job thanks to a positive, healthy frame of mind. Remember, we are the energy we put into out, or sorry, we are the energy that we put out into the universe. Number two, find congruencies in your priorities. So our calendar, you know, we've heard this before, our calendars and finances don't lie. And if you look at how you spend your time and money, you'll see exactly where your priorities lie. Where are you putting your time and resources, right? Are your days filled with things like client meetings and dinners? And if so, chances are you highly value your job. 
Are your days filled with morning workout sessions, lunchtime runs, pickup games at night? Then you probably place fitness as a top priority. I know that's something that I do. If you see lots of play dates or preschool interviews and parenting classes on your calendar, then family, family is probably your top priority. Now the problem arises when we say, you know, X is a priority, but our resources, time and energy and money are spent on Y. And so to be successful and find fulfillment in life, you've got to make sure that your dreams and goals are congruent with your day-to-day -day activities. For example, no matter how much you believe that family is the most important part of your life, if your calendar is filled with endless business meetings and your money and nights are spent with friends, there's no way that your family life is thriving. Spend your time and energy on what you value most. If your goals and activities aren't congruent, step back and figure out what needs to change. Maybe you need to reorganize your priorities or understand what you want out of life. Then set up your life so that your activities are congruent with those priorities. Daily practice leads to accomplishment, so whatever you value, put it into practice today, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. So again, number one was you don't need to love your job to love your life. Number two, uh, find congruencies in your priorities. And number three, as far as uh, the, out of the five basic concepts of retiring while you work, number three is learn self-care. Very important. Now the following statement is one that you'll probably recognize, but read it carefully, right? Should the cabin experience sudden pressure loss, stay calm and listen for instructions from the cabin or the cabin crew. And if you're traveling with children or someone who require assistance, secure your mask first and then assist the other person. Now we hear the safety demonstration or something like that at the beginning of every flight, but we probably don't realize how it applies to our daily lives. And one of the most dangerous beliefs out there is that we need to take care of others before we take care of ourselves. Although that ideology stems from a good place, it's not healthy, in my opinion, it's, or it's not a healthy one to live by. Think about it. If you're fumbling to help your kid or parent wear their oxygen mask before putting on your own, you probably risk jeopardizing your own well-being and therefore ultimately your ability to help the other person. And all too often, we burn ourselves out for the sake of helping everyone else around us, whether it's coworkers, friends, kids, partners, parents, or someone else. How you're impacted will also impact the people around you. So if you're feeling down, the people around you will inevitably feel that sadness too. And if you're worn out and you don't have the energy to help others in the way that they need, and then you're probably also lacking emotionally, physically, or spiritually within yourself, and then you'll have nothing to pull from to help others. True caring comes from abundance. Instead of expending ourselves by constantly putting everyone else's needs first, we need to practice self-care. If you're full of energy, joy, and self-love, it's going to be a lot easier to draw for others from the deep well of abundance that you've created within yourself. I know, easier said than done. Got to start somewhere. Taking care of yourself can look different for everyone, but mostly it involves setting these healthy boundaries. Ooh, boundaries, that's a tough one. Learning to say no and understanding your own needs. It can even come down to building healthy lifestyle habits. If you're taking care of yourself emotionally, you should be also taking care of yourself physically. So set goals to exercise more, eat healthier, get into bed at a decent hour, find ways to keep your creativity alive and thriving. I used to think doing this was entirely selfish, but once you realize that you can't love or help others until you love and help yourself, that myth, that lie will go away. Whatever it looks like for you, make sure you're putting your um, proverbial oxygen mask on first before helping the person next to you. That was number three, right? Learning self-care. Number four is find people to help you. What do I mean by that? Surrounding yourself with positive people 
who can encourage and support you during your career and in your personal life is a major asset many people disregard, whether that's a community group, through your church, or friends um, who keep you accountable, or a mentor. I highly suggest finding like-minded people to connect with. I can't tell you how essential my time with my mentors and counselors has been and still is today, and without their knowledge and wisdom, it would have taken me much longer to understand what I was missing in my life. My immaturity and shame used to tell me that seeking any type of help meant that I was broken and weak and incapable of being strong, but that's just a superficial and shallow mindset, right? Working with a mentor was one of the best things I've ever done. In my experience, a mentor is someone who through life experiences has accumulated a level of wisdom that you could greatly benefit from when navigating your own set of life experiences and struggles and pain. Now, I met my mentor, George, about six years ago. Yes, I think, yeah, I think it was about six years ago. He materialized right before chaos or, uh, yeah, my life broke out in chaos and has been by my side through everything imaginable. Um, gosh, uh, sorry, I got choked up. Divorce, a major job transition, the launching of, um, of my own private firm, and my learning to date and love again, and still learning to do that. My getting through a two-year contract lawsuit with a former employer, my growth in my relationship with God, and my learning to be a better son, boss, future husband, and Lord willing father, right? All those things. He was there. And my mentor has also taught me what it means to be a mentee. So how to pay that back, how to listen, learn, and grow into a mentor for others based on the wisdom he shared and the depth of experiences we've navigated together. He's helped me see that life is not a sprint to the end. It's a lifelong process to self-betterment. It's a constant pursuit and quest for knowledge. George, I love you, man, and not a day goes by that I'm not grateful that you came into my life when I needed you most, and even more so, I appreciate you for teaching me how to become a mentor for others so I can keep paying it forward. And our firm's mission statement um, is helping, that's here at David Adams Wealth Group, helping people restore vital balance and financial strength through life's many transitions. We've learned over the years that all of us, no exceptions, need a team of people surrounding us during major changes, whether it's divorce or marriage, selling a business or the loss of a loved one. Don't try and be a hero and do it alone. I've yet to see that plan work well. Seek a mentor. The difference you'll see in your personal and professional lives will be remarkable. Number five, have a plan, the three-bucket principle. Now, if you know me, you know I love my three buckets, uh, three buckets, sorry, and have written um, countless blogs on this and every one of my meetings with clients, we go into this. Any client who comes into my office, I like to start off talking about what I call these three buckets of money. It doesn't matter whether they have $10 million in the bank or they're just getting started on a financial plan or right out of college. In my opinion, everyone should be working towards having their three buckets set up. And once you understand what the buckets represent, it's incredibly easy system to follow. The concept is simple and it helps make a complicated financial world, which it is, and the stock market seem much more comprehensible and visual. And after years of literally trying every method under the sun to get my point across to clients, this concept has been by far the ticket to helping improve my clients' financial situations. The world of money and investing can get very overwhelming and boring. Sorry, no, no surprise there. It can get boring very quickly. And I've been to nothing short of a hundred investment conferences and seminars. And at the end of the day, keeping it simple absolutely works. The three buckets are the foundation of what I believe the, to be that essence of a retire while you work 
lifetime fluid financial plan. And in my book, and if you read my book, it's chapter four, I go through these in detail. So I'll, I'll kind of stop there and just, again, say, you know, when I talk about retiring while you work, five of those concepts are number one, you don't need to love your job to love your life. Number two, find congruencies in your priorities. And then three, we talked about self-care, learning self-care. And number four was finding people to help you as in a mentor. And then number five, following the three-bucket principle with your finances. I will stop there today um, and look forward to getting into uh, each of these areas in more detail later. Thanks for listening as always. Thank you for listening today to Retire While You Work. I'm David Adams and hope you'll continue to listen as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money.